You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World on Pet Life Radio. Today, or this week, I am your host, Petra Burke, and with Kate Abbott, and Liz Palaika is here, but uh, this topic is uh, going to be interesting, so we decide not to include Liz. Um, but today we have our whole group of assistant trainers and dogs here today. So we're going to be talking here from Kindred Spirits Canine Education Center. We're going to be talking about uh, dogs and children. The pros and cons of children. <laughs> <laughs> pros and cons of dogs. That's why Liz isn't the host today. <laughs> so we'll have everybody put in a little input. Everyone who's raised children. Liz has raised dogs. I personally have a teenage daughter, so we can, we can put in a lot about this. But before we go into um, detail, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about children and dogs. So stay tuned. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatonic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly Hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, 
Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host this week, Petra Burke, and I'm with uh, Kate Abbott, Liz Plykas here as well, and our group of uh, helpers and trainers. Hi! <laughs> There's the group. Um, and also, we also have um, two additional helpers who are teenagers, um, Maggie and Kayla, my daughter. And so we'll be getting some input. We're going to be talking about children and dogs. Uh, probably the first thing that I'm going to start off with is everyone believes that a child should have a dog while they're growing up. No. Well, <laughs> not really true. Um, I started dogs way before I had my daughter, so I had dogs when I had her. I think I raised her more like a more like a creature than a child. But I already had dogs in my life when I had my daughter. Um, some people have never had dogs and decide that, well, I've got a child, so let's get a puppy. First, having a young child and a puppy is like having two puppies. So that can be uh, mind-boggling, pulling your hair out, kind of crazy. Not every kid needs to grow up with a, with a dog. Some children these days, unfortunately, allergies are a big issue with, with kids. So unless you are a dog person, unless you've already had um, a dog or have one when you have a child, that's understandable. But don't assume you, should, you have to have one. And then there's the aspect of the people who have a baby or a toddler and get a puppy so they can grow up together. Oh, God. Uh, we've how many pregnant women have we come into class with a puppy because they wanted their baby to have a puppy so they have the baby in the stroller the puppy in their arms pulling and yanking and biting and jumping and doing what puppies do i think sometimes new parents forget how much work or they don't understand how much work a baby is never mind a baby and a puppy so i think that's got to be kept in mind how about a parent? <laughs> One of my pet peeves is getting a puppy for the young child so that it can learn responsibility. The entity that pays for that is the puppy. Uh, if a child is not old enough to take care of themselves, they're not old enough to take care of another creature. Now, if you're willing as the parents to assume the primary responsibility and then teach your child some responsibility for helping to take care of the kid, uh, the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be interesting. No, showing our own prejudices. That's pretty much the way, when I was a child, my mother had dogs. I understood they were her dogs. I was allowed some responsibility, if I earned it, to do stuff with the dogs. But to have them as my own responsibility, heck, I'd be watching cartoons and I'd forget something. Well, and having dogs like I did before I had Kayla, she grew up respecting them. You know, you definitely don't leave a child with dogs. I mean, I had a German Shepherd, an Australian Shepherd, and a Rottweiler. I'm not going to throw my, you know, two-month-old baby in the middle of it and everything as well. So you still got to be there. You can't leave the kids alone with dogs. Not that your dogs are mean and, and they're going to injure the child, but my two of them were big. They could just step on the dog, walk over them, knock them over, who knows. So don't leave your child with a dog, but they can grow up to be respectful of dogs and learn not to pull ears, tails, or poke their fingers in their eyes. So let's hear from a parent. Deb, you, you and your yeah. husband raised had, kids and dogs. We've had uh, three sons and three dogs in that time frame. The first dog we got when our son was about five years old, and that was actually a good time. He was a mellow child with a not-quite-as-mellow dog, <laughs> but they grew up to be just best friends, and the dog was a great outlet for my son to share his problems and his 
issues with that kind of helped give him an outlet, and that was a great companion. When our other two sons came along, um, the dog then was about six or seven, and he was more mature and able to deal with more rowdy children, and so that was a great a great fit. And there again, it was a good responsibility builder, but don't think for a minute when they say, I'll clean up the poop and I'll feed them, that they will because they won't. <laughs> Even yeah. if they mean well. Yeah. Exactly. Kids, kids are kids, <laughs> and they forget. Right, Kayla? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even at the age 15. Kayla, did you feed the dogs? Kayla, go out and clean up the poop. <laughs> One of the other things that we found, though, is when we got another puppy when the boys were about six and, and nine is, is that they played too rough with the dog and would break all the training that you'd done because they thought it was fun to rough house and to wrestle and pretty soon... Little nips were happening with Australian shepherds, especially the the rough house with the little boys. Is it can you have to be really strict about? You can't do that. You're gonna you're gonna get hurt. You're gonna get the dog in trouble. So that's a real key point about timing of bringing in a puppy into the household. So training the kid and the dog, yeah, both. <laughs> well, I'd like to add on that too. Um, Deborah's husband Dan, but we never had. Uh, Deb took a few classes at like the Y, and we thought we knew how to you know, handle a dog, and they were all from taking these classes, the wrong kind of training. And uh, we, I hated going on the walk with the dog, because he pulled the entire time, and a very strong dog, and very aggressive, and my son decided to, like, put on his rollerblades and take the dog for a walk, and oh, just oh, God. drug him down the street. Oh, no. So when we took this Road class, it was just, for me now, it's a pleasure to walk with the dog, because dog listens and and you know what you have to do and it's you know that's your responsibility the dog just doesn't know how to how to walk so and you know and kids fine. like you said kids love to have their dogs pull them on the skateboard the rollerblade um you know like i said kayla grew up with dogs and so she now helps teach them and and has trained them and um she does it with her skateboard she hooks them up on a harness and pulls but the dogs know what to do they've got obedience under you know, under their collar i guess you can say so they know <laughs> you know fast slow when to stop but if you get a dog that hasn't had any training like you guys are saying go full force woo down the street that's potential <laughs> yeah that's dangerous so did that end up in an emergency room visit no but a really bad um road road, burn, rash. road rash on his arm yeah and it scared him then it made him more leery to play with him for a while he had oh to well get that's re- too bad yeah yeah relearn how to interact <laughs> so let's have some input from kids uh maggie what do you like about the dogs what do you don't like about the dogs how do you think they affect your life um well dogs in the way. Okay. Um, I'm actually the youngest of three, and my family made the mistake. I was 10 months old, and we got a puppy, and we had a German Shepherd when I was growing up. I remember he knocked me over, <laughs> but I also remember going through classes and sitting in the back, and I learned a lot about dog training, and I knew more about dog training than a lot of adults did. So you still do. I, yeah. <laughs> so I definitely learned a lot from having dogs around when I was a kid. So there's something to it. What, what do you think, besides him knocking you down, were some of the biggest problems with having dogs as a kid? Um, well, I was lucky that my mom didn't think I was going to take care of the dog because I didn't and I still I think she's honest. don't. Yeah. 
still not consistent about no, it? No, I'm not. And I'm, it's sad to think that some people expect their kids to be able to remember to feed dogs because kids can't. Ah, right from the kid's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, teaching them responsible dog ownership to a kid, they have to learn to be a kid. They have to be yeah. responsible I mean, for themselves yeah. first. Yeah, so don't assume a puppy's going to fix that yeah. problem. So let's have a word from Maggie's mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's, well, your, what's, your, what's the other viewpoint? Well, Maggie begged for a puppy for about three years before I gave in. And when she'd had the puppy for about two weeks, she came in crying and said, it's too much pressure, I can't take it. <laughs> and I said, no, nope, it's your dog, you begged for it, I'll help you, but it's your dog. <laughs> That's the attitude, though. You've got to help the kids learn the responsibility. Right, we started, um, when she started going to puppy class, I came with her. Um, if the dog wouldn't sit still while direct uh, instructions were being given, I would hold the dog so she could listen. And then after class, she could do everything with the dog. Um, and then we started bringing in an older dog so that we could both come at the same time, and I wouldn't be constantly interfering with Maggie and her puppy. And I will say, over the last few years, we've seen a big uh, change in Maggie. <laughs> Maggie's grown up a lot, and Maggie's become a very good dog trainer. You know, and that's also the advantage of having a dog for kids who are withdrawn, I mean, there's advantages to having a dog that is calm, patient, that can bring children out. Like in Maggie's case, now we can't shut her up. <laughs> but to build confidence for a child, a dog can do that. Sure. But just to assume that every child needs a dog is, is incorrect. Sure. Well, let's, let's, before we take our, our break, let's have a word from Petra's daughter. What's your interest on, on growing up with dogs? And growing up with a dog trainer. As a mom. I do have to say, growing up with dogs, I felt a little more different because I have to admit, I did chew on rawhides. <laughs> and she did hide in the dog crates. And dog crates, you know, sitting with dogs, learning how to walk with my mom's favorite dog, just It'll happen like that. Um, I Quite frankly, I've learned just how to understand dogs a lot more. It's changed, I guess. I don't know how life would be without one. Um, it's probably the one thing that's kept me, like, you know, a lot of kids do drugs now. I don't do drugs because I'm more caught up with my dog. I'm worried about what my dog would do. Um, so they're pretty much my anti-drug. It keeps me busy. It keeps me away from stuff I shouldn't be doing. So really with kids, it's good for them to socialize with the dogs. It's good for them to keep busy because it gives everyone to do, so to keep your kids out of trouble. And I think with Kayla, like Liz and I have noticed, she's now she's not afraid to stand up in front of people and talk. You know, and, and Liz had shared the um, experience with in a um, speech class that you talked about your dog and you right. were comfortable up there. and. I think Kayla has done the same thing. Amazingly her. enough, when I was a teenager, I could not talk to people. I was very, very shy, very introverted, <gasps> and, 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 and would hardly say a word in public. Uh, took my dog to my senior high school speech class to give my first speech in front of people, because otherwise I wasn't going to be able to do it. I think my teacher was wise enough to realize I wasn't going to be able to do it. Took my 100-pound German Shepherd with me. He got to spend the day at school with me. And son of a gun, I gave a speech, and it was fun. And it's been all downhill since. <laughs> so, yeah, a dog can be a wonderful companion for people in that respect. Um, and also, 
if you are going to get a dog for your child, wait till they're a little bit older, first of all, so that they can be involved in the training and the raising of the puppy. Or it doesn't even have to be a puppy. It can be a rescue. Um, the local shelters or animal group rescue groups, dog groups around uh, your area. Um, but then have the child with you when you go out to check out these dogs. You need to be able to, the dog and child to click. I mean, there could be times it's just personality-wise, they just do not like each other. And you'll, you'll know a lot. We've seen in a class where it's just like, forced upon where a don't gets a dog and is forced upon the child. The child wants a dog. Well, you're going to have this dog. Well, let's talk about Keely and Kayla. Yeah. Kayla bought um, Keely. Yeah. Keely I had, was supposed to be her dog. I had bought Keely from one of my friends whose Pomeranian had puppies. And I wanted the dog. I thought maybe she'd be a good dog, but she ended up being a little miniature wolverine towards me. <laughs> so quite frankly, mom and I ended up trading dogs. I got the brat Australian Shepherd, and mom got the Pomeranian. <laughs> and it worked because the personalities with the dogs and us um, fit. Mm-hmm. So. so right now, we're going to take a quick break. So don't go away. We'll have more to talk about. Um, we'll see you in just a few seconds. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet with pet expert and author Sarah Wilson. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. All right, welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host today, or this, this session, is uh, Petra Burke, and we do have Kate Abbott and Liz Palaika here as well. We're talking about dogs and kids. Um, next, we want to hear from Nicole. Nicole, who was a registered pediatric nurse, am I correct? Yep, pediatrics in emergency rooms, as well as the critical care units, way in excess of 20 years, along with developmentally delayed. But my specialties besides ER are with uh, chemo oncology and nephrology and the interesting thing during my emergency room years was 
This is one of the largest areas that you see children coming into the ERs from dog bites. My experience, having been raised as Liz was with dogs, I, I thought I was one of them. I still feel like when I hug somebody, my tail's going. <laughs> and I think that's Although one of the- that's a picture I didn't make. <laughs> I always feel like that still. And, um, but now I lost my point, no. But <laughs> the emergency room, one of the most common things was to see dog bites. And they were often the people's own dog. Um, and often, and the majority of it for me was seeing kids who, in fact, when you talked through what happened, the kid had brought it on because the parent wasn't observing. By sticking their fingers in the eye and the nose, up the anus, I mean, just horrible things. So you basically need to stay there to protect the dog, and then you will protect your child. Um, point. Yeah. The face is the most common bite site due to the fact that most of us, you know, especially children, head for everything that goes into their mouth. Uh, I've seen toddlers and infants, even small infants, that were left alone with the dog and mostly the toddler. Toddlers tend to be the most aggressive with their behavior and chase. And you can talk about children in the ages of toddler through 10 or 12 who are not well controlled or hyper at a birthday party. If the adult isn't there watching it, you see terrible bites because they'll chase the dog, the dog gets into a playful state and starts treating them like they're another dog. And it's just very destructive. So I feel that dogs are a really good positive play. They certainly have been in my life, I feel, as Kayla does in that way. Um, I feel that it's given me great insight and a lot of responsibility. But I also would like to recommend that, first of all, if you're going to get a puppy, do some research, go take a class with someone like Liz or Petra and, and Kate, and talk about breeds of dogs, because if you're going to buy a dog, then get a dog that's has a history of good adaption to being with children. Um, if you're going to get a rescue, which I also recommend older rescues, there are lots of dogs out there that have lost their owner through death or some other thing and would be a perfect dog to bring into a family. My biggest emphasis is you do not leave dogs and children alone with each other. Do you have anything to add, Jerry, as far as our experience with dogs and children? <laughs> okay. Mrs. Um, Deborah, I want to tag on to that, too. If you have children, don't assume that the friends that they bring over to the house necessarily understand how to interact with dogs. Sure. So you have to really check and make sure that they're kids that are socialized to dogs as well as dogs socialized to kids so they know how to behave. And if they don't, then just take the dog out of the situation. It's just yeah. not worth it. Yeah, exactly. And then another point is that dogs, when kids are playing, dogs don't always interpret play correctly. If the kids are roughhousing, playing roughly, screaming and hollering, the dog may think that these kids are attacking his right. kid. Yeah. And you could have a bad situation simply because the dog is misinterpreting what's happening. Right. And then right. the other one of kids, they always want to go and hug the dog's head. And that's where a lot of the bites on the face, because I remember working in the ER as well. And that's what happens. I want to love the dog and hug on. Not all dogs can tolerate hugging. I know your dog, Dax, doesn't like to be hugged. No, nope, she doesn't like anyone to grab her head. Mm -mm. And she'll pull away. She'll actually duck out from under and the arm. And many, many dogs are, are like that. The yeah. other area where dogs are often abused, I think, generally by 
uh, unknowledgeable people is when dogs are chained up. And this is the other area where we saw the largest number of bites with children. Um, personally, I feel like a dog should never be on a chain that's, you know, they should be in a kennel or something more safe than a chain. But children have an aptitude to approach dogs that are on chains. I think whether you have a dog now or you're waiting for the dog to come into your life to be an addition to your life with your children, train your children in advance. If you have the option of having children first, before you have the dog, start teaching your children compassion and understanding of how to behave around a dog that they meet, either on a chain, behind a fence, or with someone who's walking that dog. The training starts all at once. Yeah. And also wrestling. Don't allow your child to wrestle with the dogs. Thinking, oh, it's cute. He's little. Uh, yeah. That's what creates the, the dog bites. Taunting. If you know you have a child that likes to taunt animals or tease dogs and you'll know whether it's your a friend's dog a neighbor's dog just watching your child i wouldn't say that would probably be a good situation to get a dog at that point until you teach the rights teach the rights and wrong to your child let's move on to another aspect of it deborah you've worked with special needs children yes i have and i wanted to um let you know that a dog can be real beneficial when working with a child that has autism, for example. I have one little boy that tends to keep his hands in a fist and up by his mouth, and he was sitting next to my dog, Caleb, one day, and all of a sudden he spread his arms and put them around Caleb and just gave him a big hug. And what I would suggest is if you have a special needs child, Contact someone who can bring their dog and do pet therapy rather than go out and get a dog for your child. Excellent point. Good point. That Good way point. you won't have to be dealing with the dog at the same time. You can just focus on what your child is doing. And that's an excellent point. We have a friend who does classes with us who has an autistic child, and she has had some problems because her son, because of his disability, has been too rough or too mean with their dog. And in fact, the last time they were here at class, I had to catch and correct the kid. That's right. <laughs> and they don't like me to put collars on kids. <laughs> but, but I did interrupt his behavior and redirect him. So that's a very good point. Therapy dogs are, are absolutely wonderful in those situations. Yeah. So you can have your child exposed to dogs, but you don't have to own one. Right. Right. Uh, Let's talk for the last few minutes on how we can safeguard kids. Petra, you and I used to do uh, visiting programs, and I'm sure we will again when we get some spare time, uh, going to the daycares and the schools, talking about uh, how to dog bite-proof kids. Yeah, being the number one injury to children these days is all the dog bites. We'd go with Kayla growing up and going to elementary schools or her friends coming over, First and foremost, I always told her friends, and Kayla knowing this growing up around dogs, is don't run. You see a dog, even though the dog's standing there staring, kids are, who are not exposed to dogs will scream. First, that gets the dog's attention, then their prey drive kicks in, and all of a sudden the child turns around and runs. Then the dog chases them, and if it's a big dog, can chase up. And even if it's not an aggression, just goes, hey, what's wrong? You want to play? Jump on them, knock them down. Child's in screaming, and that turns into a complete disaster. So first rule we teach the kids, don't run from a dog. 
stand there and hold still if be a know, tree be a tree um if it is a dog that um and you see it on tv that is going around and and wanting to bite or you know showing some aggression we tell them to lay down on the ground be still as you can put your arms around your head bury your head in your arms and don't move at all and if Parents can practice this with the kids because a child is not going to automatically remember all these points. But if a parent can practice with the kids, okay, I'm chasing you, what are you going to do? And have the child assume the position, that can help. And I've done it actually with my dogs because they're not um, rough and they're really good with children. So I'll have my dog on leash and walk towards the child and say, okay, now drop down the ground, hide your face. And then I'll just walk up with the dog and let them sniff so they have some experience in what it's going to feel like. Obviously, you know, I would never take the chance and let them off leash, but I'm there to control the situation. But they have, they can at least know what to expect when the dog's sniffing and their nose is going around the head and that type of thing. As a child, I was always taught also uh, to ask permission before petting a dog. And we do have some kids come to the classes and come visit with our therapy dogs that do this. But it's amazing how many still don't. How many kids will just see a dog and run up to the dog, doggy, 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 and charge up? Most dogs don't like that. They in really don't. In class, when we see it, then all of a sudden, I'm thinking, used and Liz and I go, ah! <laughs> and all the kids freeze. What happened? Yeah. Don't run. Yeah. Don't approach the dog. Always ask permission. Deborah, you were going to say something? Yes. When um, your child is learning how to approach a dog, please caution it to never carry a stick above its head. When or even a toy. Or anything that would threaten a dog. That Because you just don't know their history. You don't know if they've been abused at some point, And you don't know how they will react when it, when it sees a child with that. And a lot of people throw sticks for dogs to retrieve. Right. If it's a true. kid's got a stick or a toy and hold it up, that dog could jump up on it to gr on the child to grab the the thing the item all in play not being aggressive at all yep. mm -hmm. they knock the kid down and then there's and, an injury and, and then the, the kid's whole, scared and yeah. the dog's freaked and yeah, yeah and then there's the disaster yeah. again mary you want to add anything to that no but we did the program wags yes uh-huh and it was watch asks greet safely okay huh? and um even after the kids have they watched the dog is it behind a fence is it on a chain they ask the owner, can I pet it? If the owner says yes, then you talk about not bringing your hand above the dog's head and bringing it down. Instead, either approach straight forward or to the side um, so that you're not threatening the dog. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the approach straight on to a dog, a dog who is extremely dominant or aggressive will approach straight on with direct eye contact and stand tall. If you approach a dog on a diagonal, and you're not making hard eye contact, whether this be an adult or a child, then you're less threatening to the dog. So especially if you're greeting a dog you don't know, you don't want to go up to him straight on, staring. And kids don't understand subtleties. You know, they see a dog, they love the dog, they're looking at the dog. Well, they're at the same eye level as the dog, yeah, and the yeah. dog's going, oh, this kid is staring at me. Ah, oh, gotta be a problem. So the kids and then can learn. Kids that. don't know how to read body language of dogs. Sure. So if you're there and your child wants to say hi to a dog and the dog is holding still and standing on his tippy toes, at that point, 
turn your child around and go away. You know, right there, the dog's already telling you, giving you a signal he doesn't want to be petted. And let's look at things from, from Walter's point of view. Kate, cockapoo Walter, doesn't like kids. Children are aliens from another planet. <laughs> they talk in different voices and they move differently and they rush at him because he's so cute. So one of the things I do with Walter is I protect him and then protect the child. So if I see a child rushing, I'll put my hands around Walter's head and on his collar and say, hang on kids, while I get him under control. I'll allow them to pet his shoulders and back while I hold Walter's head. While he looks at me as though I'm torturing him beyond belief. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the nice thing is every now and then we'll meet a calm, we met a six-year-old I think the other day, he was very calm, very sweet, very dog savvy. And Walter was wonderful. Walter enjoyed her very much. Um, so protecting the dog as well, if the child is out of control running at you, put your hands on your dog's head, keep their head turned in toward you. Mm -hmm. Petra, I think Nicole wanted to say something, and then Kayla wants to say something. Go ahead, Dan. After Dan. Uh, I was just thinking, the one thing I noticed when I was out here is uh, one of the parents had a very young girl, and she'd gotten a treat, and she was just wandering around, and when one of the, and the dogs think that they're getting a treat, and then sure. they just went over there, parents weren't paying attention, and the dog took the treat out of her hand and scared her. Sure. Oh, so yeah. the parent's responsibility, anytime they're around any dog, is to be responsible for their child. And the dog owner needs to be responsible because when kids are wandering around with food and it's right at the dog's head level, the dog's going to go, oh, that's a freebie. Yeah. So, yeah, responsibility on both sides. That was exactly in my line of thinking, too, because I look at the fact that we've all had this wonderful opportunity to have dogs in our lives. And I think every experience I have walking my dogs, interacting with other people, my dog and I are working as a diplomat for the canines. And it's sometimes embarrassing because I do not hesitate when I see children or even their parents to act as if it's one of my kids. And I'll say to them, wait, or this is the way to approach the dog and physically show them the thing. And in most cases, I think in all the years I've been doing this, maybe one or two parents said, what are you doing with my child? But majority were very appreciative, and I think we need to act that way. Well, that's because you're so nice about it. I just go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Kayla? Um, I always thought, though, when, see, see if someone, come, like some little kid tries to run up to your German Shepherd and they try to, like, hug him around the face. I have a tendency to do like a human barrier. So you go in between the dog and the kids, settle down your dog, and then turn your dog around. Let them pet the dog. Just that's make a, sure that there's no problem. That's a very good point. Yes, you can put your legs between the dog and the child. Yeah. 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 And, and we have to keep in mind, as Walter's a good example, not every dog likes kids. A lot of the breeds that we have today were bred to be cautious with strangers we're bred to be protective. We're bred to be reserved. Um, I semi-jokingly say that uh, Riker, my middle Australian shepherd, didn't read the breed standard because Aussies <laughs> are supposed to be reserved and cautious with strangers. And he'll, he'll love and kiss anyone. But Bashir, when a stranger comes up to Bashir, he's not happy with strangers. He steps back, looks at me, says, okay, mom, are they good people or bad people? What are we going to do about them? And so kids running up to him... He doesn't growl. Uh, he's not afraid, but he's like, ew, 
what are you doing? Uh, of course, I think he thinks kids should be as well behaved as puppies should be too. So, but, uh, but that's Bashir. Well, that makes our, our half hour. We could again talk about this all day. We all have so many stories and experiences to share. So for now, Liz, Kate, and myself would like to thank our producers and sponsors for making this show possible and the experiences and ideas we could share with you guys. So again, thank you to everybody and our listeners, and thanks for our assistants and our trainers today, for everybody being here. You guys were awesome. And um, Good dog! (laughs) And again, thank you, our listeners, for letting us talk about our favorite subject, our dogs. So everyone have a happy and safe holiday, and um, we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye! Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.